Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. All right, I've got a bunch of things going on, so I'm going to tell you all of them. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay, so number one, I was thinking on my way here this morning, not for the first time about my message, but just about dreaming. And here's kind of a couple of things I was thinking about. One is God spoke a lot in the Bible through dreams. And so obviously that's one clear form of communication. So that's pretty cool. Also thinking at the same time, in Bible times, there was no emails, (laughs) there was no TV, there was none of that. But God knew how to get his message across. He knew how to get the picture out there. But it's, I just think it's amazing. As we've been going through this series, we started with Abraham in Genesis. And then we went to Joseph. And now we're here. We're going to be talking about Moses today. But just that dreaming is important. God talks about it a lot. And as I was studying this week about dreams, an interesting thing is anytime we come to bring a lesson, God helps us learn that lesson before we teach it. You know, practice what you preach, but he really does. He's like, you you don't just need to know it here. You need to know it here if you're going to be teaching it to others. And I would have to say to you, I feel, I want to tell you today that I feel great. I am confident in who I am in God. I am honored to be up here. But it was a, it was a, it was a housekeeping week for me. And I think that that's important. I'm going to sit for a bit. Who knows what I'm going to do all day, but um, I feel like that was highlighting to me an important piece for everybody. If you are believing for something, if you are waiting on a dream, if you are building a dream or whatever it is, is that God wants you to be able to handle that dream well. And in order to do that, he's got to start with character, you know? And so if you're in a place where it's like, okay, what's going on? God's doing something. He is always, always, always working on something. He's developing us. He's bringing us from strength to strength and glory to glory. And oftentimes it's glory to glory. It's not like glory, glory, glory. (laughs) So, you know, and there's times we just need to commit to it. Have a second cup of coffee. Tell your face, you know, that it's going to be a great day and, and, and commit to the process, you know. I um, have been disciplining myself to do some extra reading in this season, and I just finished our friend Sharon's book this week, who's read Sharon's book, and, uh, and she's like, what stood out to you? And I'm like, and I just told her what stood out to me, because Holy Spirit talked to me very clearly through some things, and I was like, okay, noted, repenting, <laughs> uh, moving on, but also how great, you know when it hurts so good? And then you confess it and you give it and you're forgiven and you move on, right? And I feel like that's another piece that I want to highlight for you today. If there's something that you got going on that God's talking to you about, deal with it because you know what? Then it's done. You're not carrying it. It's heavy. Baggage gets heavy. So every every piece that we say yes to Jesus, we let go of that garbage. So there's a couple of things on my on my heart, but um, Matt and I were walking on Monday, the holiday Monday, we went for a walk in the, in the woods, and, uh, and we're very different people, 
So Matt's like, let's drive to the interesting part and then we'll walk. <laughs> Where I'm like, let's walk for hours through wherever. But so anyway, so we're going through for a walk. It was so beautiful. And he's like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And, and what was on my heart is just really this idea of being stuck, stuck in a moment, you know? And so a lot of times we can go, well, if you're alive and you're here today and you're more than one years old, there's probably been something in your life that has impacted you in a way that uh, has maybe caused you to pause or to form a mindset or to get stuck. Anybody? You know, and I, and, uh, I, heard, I heard a pastor say just last week, just uh, the line trauma is not my template. And to me, I was just like, oh, that is so good. And I'm not saying just trauma, but uh, just talking about those things in our life that we can get stuck on. And then we are afraid. We are afraid to go after our dreams. We're afraid to try again in that area. We're afraid to open our heart to people or whatever. But that's not what God wants for us. God wants us to live full, abundant, holy, healed lives so that we can fulfill all the purposes and plans that He has for us. So in thinking about that word stuck, let's just kind of like, let's think about what that feels like. If you, maybe you're in a season where you feel stuck. Maybe it's stuck in terms of, maybe you're stuck in a job you don't love and you're like, God, I know this isn't forever, but I don't know when forever is gonna come, you know? (laughs) Or maybe you're on a fitness journey and you're like, I'm trying, I'm doing the things. Or maybe finances just aren't going well. But do you ever have that feeling of like, I don't know what else to do right now? Anybody? Yeah, you'd have to not be human, I think, (laughs) to not know that feeling of stuck. So that's a little bit of like the the feeling I want you to think about um, going in here today. But I want to talk about Moses. So at the end of, so we're going to be in Exodus. At the end of of Genesis is about Joseph that Pastor Matt talked about last week, Joseph the dreamer. And uh, oh, we had such a good connect group this week, did we not? Oh, you got to get to connect group because it's so just great to hear what God is speaking to everybody, but all the layers of Joseph's story and his brothers and the dynamics and the annoyance and the strength and the courage and all that. It's all part of it. We can read our Bible stories so one-sided sometimes, but there's so much that we can pull out of it. But um, the, so that the end of it is talking about Joseph, the beginning of Exodus starts and it basically says everyone forgot about Joseph. <laughs> and now we're years later. So like we learned the lesson, God rescued them, but oh, we forgot about it. So we're here and the Israelites are in slavery in Egypt. So it's not going super well for them. Um, If you definitely take time to read about Moses, but from the beginning, he was saved from birth because Pharaoh was trying to kill off the Israelites because there were so many of them and God was blessing them. And, And we know our Bible says too, that every time that that they were persecuted, that they grew in number, right? So Israelites are growing in number. Pharaoh's trying to kill off the babies, but Moses was saved. From the beginning, he was saved. He was set apart. He's a miracle. As he grows up, he comes to realize he has a place. He's got this position of power in the palace, but he has a place as as a, an Israelite, right? What's he going to do? What is his purpose? And so he's like, I, he, his first attempt at saving his people ends up not so well. So he tries to stick up for this slave, ends up killing an Egyptian, which is not so good. Now he's a murderer. Now he's in trouble. Now he's exiled. So his first great act for God was to not 
go very well in that way. So he's off, he's in Midian, and that's where we're going to pick it up today because no matter where we go, God still knows exactly where we are. So we're going to pick it up in Exodus 3. So just read along with me or just sit back and listen. All right. So now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro's father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. It was probably way more thunderous and terrifying or amazing than that, but this is my voice. So take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. The call. We'd like to say that Moses is like, all right, let's go. (laughs) You know, it was pretty clear. But he did not. I'm going to jump down here. Okay, so he said, this is me. So what's going to be on the screen from now on is Moses' excuses, just so you know. But I'm going to read. I'm going to read what God says too. Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Then Moses says to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? Then what will I tell them? God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also says to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. So that's now. Okay, so he goes on to say quite a bit to him. But then Moses comes back again. What if they do not believe me or listen to what I say? What if they say the Lord did not appear to you? (laughs) To which God replies back to him. Then we go over to the next chapter in chapter four. And Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. God responds to him. Then one more time, Moses says, 
pardon your servant, Lord. Please send somebody else. That would be six times, he said. What about this? I don't think so. But really came down to it. He's like, God, don't make me do that thing. Has anyone been there? God, don't make me do that thing. You know, we read after this conversation that Moses gets a bit, no, God gets a bit irritated with Moses. And he's like, all right, I'll send you Aaron. He'll talk for you. You know, we jump ahead into the New Testament where Stephen is talking about Moses in Acts. We were just chatting through this this week. And he talks about Moses as someone who was powerful in speech. Because the thing is, is Moses was raised in the palace with all the education of the palace. So for him to turn around and say, but I'm just this when he wasn't that, is something that we all do. We might do it every day. Well, I'm just this when that's not what God said. And God in his grace didn't burn Moses up, which is pretty great. He was right there and he was not very happy. <laughs> he was like, okay, fine, have a friend. And in his grace gave him a buddy, but still. Interesting, hey? I know I can see myself in that. It's like, I want to do a great thing for God. But then when he asks, will I? Will I obey? When will I obey? I got a couple of points for you on a touch on this. Point number one is dysfunction over disappointment. You're like, those are two bad words. <laughs> yes, they are. But a lot of times we will choose dysfunction or we will choose to work around what's broken or what we don't want to do to avoid pain or to avoid disappointment or to avoid failure. And you, you know, there's, there's, there's wisdom in being wise and to being careful and all that. But what I'm saying is, is, are we working around what God wants to heal, what God wants to do? Are we skipping the faith part because we don't want to believe in something we can't see or we don't know exactly how it's going to happen? But we can do that. And let's not be choosing dysfunction over Let's not be choosing dysfunction. <laughs> let's okay. Let's let's uh, let's work through that. Next point I want to touch on is distraction over discipline. So when we're looking to align ourselves with God, we want to get on the right track. We know that God has put things in our heart, and we want to go hard after it. Sometimes what happens is that we just grab everything that looks like it. You know, we can be like, oh yeah, do this, do this, do this. Those are all good things. Check, check, check. But sometimes we're doing so many good things that we're so scattered that we don't kind of know who we are, what, what we're doing anymore. So it's not that we're bad, but lots of times we can find ourselves getting off course because we are distracted. And though there are many good things, we are not specifically called to all the good things. You know, there's one body and many parts and we can't be all the parts and we're not supposed to be all the parts. Yeah. My next point, I know I'm jumping through these and I want you to reflect on them for yourselves because it's your own process, but distrust over destiny. So what I'm saying really is distrust that God is good, that he knows what he's doing, that he has the best timeline, that he is for you and all of that and that his ways are higher than ours. So 
a lot of times we'll, we can say to ourselves, too, I, I feel the Lord asking me to do this, or I know I'm supposed to do this, but I don't know when. Or I'm going to wait until this happens, and then I will do that thing. You know, it was um, interesting, just approximately a week ago, I felt the Lord say to me to reach out to somebody with a certain thing. And do you know how easy it was for me to talk myself out of it? It was quite easy because I could Christianize my excuse. And I did. And one week later, God was like, hey. And you know how I know it was God? (laughs) A few ways. First time he told me, the tears came. And I talked myself out of it and moved on. Today it happened again, the tears came. And I was like, okay. And you know, it's like, if I don't do that thing, you know, maybe on the other side of what I do is not a huge thing for that person or that, but for me it is. Because I don't know. I don't know exactly why Holy Spirit asked me to do that thing. So I did that thing. And you know the freedom I got from that? I was like, I don't care what happens now. <laughs> like, I did that thing. And I, that's why I posted about obedience this morning. It's just like, we don't know. If we try to sort it out in our minds, we can very easily talk ourselves out of it and pride ourselves out of it. So what are we waiting for? You know, the Bible says, to seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added to you. So all these things, whatever they are, you know, the desires of our heart or just things that we would like to have, I believe they're, I believe they're from God, you know? And He wants us to have those things, but he's, he's saying, let's put our priorities in order. You know, and if you read through the Bible, this is something that gets me every time, how quickly, if we have to wait more than three minutes, how we start to get tense. You know, but in the Bible, to be like, God promised this 60 years later or 16 years later or whatever. You know, he's, we sang this morning, he won't fail. He won't. And that's the thing sometimes when we're in that moment, we're like, I, we need help, God. He won't fail. It, it won't be in our time, but he won't fail. He won't, he won't let you down. He's got you. He's, he knows the best way to. So for my takeaway to this, I'm not totally done talking yet, but my takeaway is this. Obedience and our priorities will bring function, traction, and trust and enable us to live unstuck. You know, there's, a, there's times when it's like, I don't hear anything else to do. Then you do the last thing he told you to do. And you do that thing until he tells you what the next thing is. And you know how much peace comes from that? Great. You don't have to make it. You don't have to make up God's plans. He knows his plans. And he is so good. You know, I have very daily conversations with God where I'm like, what about this? Well, I thought this, but you're doing this, but I trust you. But it's like I have to do the whole circle where he's like, okay. (laughs) He's, He's there for it too. But you know, when we... When we do what's in Scripture, when we do what we know to do, that's going to help us, even if we feel like maybe it's not all come to pass, but just that we can still move forward. You know, we're still, we're not, we're not staying stuck in, a, stuck in a moment, but we're moving forward with what we know to do. 
when we're seeking first the kingdom of God. You know, that means finances. That means our time. That means all of it. You know, our health and everything, putting God first. You know, and when I say traction, that's just it. We can run on a treadmill of thoughts in our mind that are not good. So renewing our minds daily to get things sorted out properly. And trust. Trusting that God's got us. He's got the whole world in his hands. I was thinking about how right now as a church, we're so privileged to be able to be light and to help in this season. And I know there's people in this room now that are like, I want to help, but I need help. And that's okay. There's times to receive help and, and there's times to give help. But we do what we can. What's in your hand? Whatever's in your hand to, to give, give it. And watch what God can do with that. But I was thinking beyond that of how many times we've even, not that we've floated through on hard times, but it can, it can seem dark out there, but we know we're surrounded. The banks can say whatever they're saying. The world can say whatever it's saying about the economy, but there's still food on our table. There's still more than enough clothes in our laundry room. <laughs> and so many times it's just taking a look at things differently, even waking up and choosing to say thank you, because as soon as you start to do that, you see what God has done, what God has already done for you, where he's already made a way, where he's already moved you along. You know, a lot of times we're a lot further than we think we are. But just taking a minute to get out of that tent and look up. And I was thinking about the first week too, Pastor Matt's message about Abraham and even about how hard it is for me sometimes to get out of the tent because I'm really content in the tent. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm happy, I'm blessed, I'm whatever, you know. And I'm knowing that God wants more for me, not needing to rush his timeline, but still believing that good things are coming. And as I give what I have to give that he's pouring out to me, you know, and then it keeps going, you know. I. This is such an awesome time of year, but just even seeing our church open up their hands and open up their lives, you know, with finances and with time and seeing the blessings come and the blessings move through. It's like, I ha wouldn't have it any other way. You know, it's just when he said, the, when the Bible says the life of the generous gets larger and larger, it does in more ways than one. You know, we talk about the call center this week. It was what, 10 minutes to call 25 people or families or whatever, because we split it up. 10 minutes to, to start to change the life of 25 people. Yeah. But how blessed are we to get to do that? So that's a bit of a mama message to say, trust God, put him first. <laughs> You're going to be okay. You know, and for those things we've been working around, take the time, stop and be like, I got to do that thing. I got to deal with that thing. I got to say sorry. I got to, whatever it is, just take a minute, get rid of the baggage because that might be part of why things aren't moving forward. You know, and as we say that, all back to say, if you're here and you have not yet met Jesus, so much of this growing in our character and doing the right thing and choosing the hard thing, it's basically impossible without Jesus. You know, none of us are we might be nice, but none of us are good all on our own. Only God is good. And the amazing thing about God is that he sent his son Jesus because he knew that we would just keep messing it up down here. If you read the Bible, they forgot. Every time God rescued them, it's like, and then everyone forgot. 
and he had to send someone else until he sent Jesus, Jesus, his son, to pay the price for our sin, for all of our mess ups, all the ones that had happened and all the ones that will happen once and for all, a finished work. Now it's our job to believe and to receive and to choose Jesus. You know, it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in Romans 10, 9, it says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God the Father raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. That's it. That's it. So if I could ask you to stand today. Just close your eyes for a minute. I believe there's some people here today that have been really trying. Whatever it is you know, you've been trying to do the right thing. You've been trying to have good thoughts and feelings and eat vegetables and all the things. And uh, what I feel the Lord's saying today is that He wants to help with that. You know, some of the things that are deep within our hearts we don't, even, we don't even totally know what's going on in there, but God does. He knows everything. He knows the beginning and the end. And He's here for us today. So we're going to pray today. We're just going to take a moment to, to say, Jesus, I need your help. I know that I've sinned and I believe in you. We're going to pray that. But also, if you're here today and you're like, God, I just, I need your help really specifically in an area. We're going to pray for that as well. So I'm just going to start. If you can... Repeat after me, church, for everyone that whether you know Jesus or you're coming to him for the first time, we're going to pray this prayer together, this prayer of faith. So dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I ask for your forgiveness. I thank you that you died for me so that I can have hope in this life and eternity in the next. Please come into my heart and be Lord over my life. I choose now to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Keep your eyes closed. And Father, I just pray for everyone in the room today, God, no matter what is on their heart or on their mind, I pray, God, that they would open their hands and give it to you, God, but that also they would hear your voice so clear. If there's something they need to attend to that's in their heart, I pray you'd give them the courage to do so, the courage to choose obedience, the courage to choose you over everything else. God, I pray for peace and strength and grace and courage, God, for every single day that we might walk about with free hearts, but also just being a light and speaking life over others. Thank you, God. Thank you for an amazing season. We love you. Amen. All right, just keeping your eyes closed for a second still. I know it's a bit. But if you're here today and you chose today to give your life to Jesus saying, hey, I need your help, can you put your hand up? Awesome. And if you're here today and anything that I said spoke to you in any way, would you put your hand up? Awesome, thank you. So good. We're going to move into a time of worship for a song that some of you may know, and, and uh, we haven't sung it here for a little while, but it's called Who You Say I Am. And uh, it, as entertaining as it is about 
how Moses was like, but God, but God, but God. <laughs> we can all be like that. And I just wanted to declare it this morning that, you know, we're our, we are who God says we are, you know, and he says that we are forgiven. He says that we are chosen and redeemed. You know, he says that we're beautiful and loved and that we have a purpose. And so we're going to declare that as we sing. And if you're here today and you would like to be baptized, that's something that we do every service. You know, when we baptize, is saying yes to Jesus and goodbye to that old person, those old mindset, mindsets, the whatever it is. And really, basically, it means when you go under the water, which we're going to lift the lid here, it's the same as being buried with Christ. All that sin, all that junk is gone and be raised to new life in Him. So we're giving an opportunity for that, and let's worship. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.